Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It's that time of the day where we're talking sports. Well, a mixture of a lot of things these days, Raushan. There's so many overlaps in the world of sports now. Yeah, it certainly has plenty of overlaps. And mental health is a big part of this sporting conversation mm. because we idolize these athletes as uh, superhumans, right? But yeah. By the crux of it, they are still humans who go through a lot of strain on their mental health. And I'm glad we've set up this conversation. Hey, you talk about mental health, right? And some people would think that this particular type of sport has nothing to do with mental health. But at the Asian Games this year, eSports made its debut as a medal event in Hangzhou. It's not all about being trigger happy or you know, whatever you want to call it uh, when you're playing these games. Yeah, sometimes when we talk about eSports, we reference the fact that we play sitting on our couch, right? But at that level, there's so much pressure. And you mentioned Asian Games representing your country on the continental stage. With that comes the pressure and the expectation to deliver. So I can't imagine what the pressure is like. Yeah, well, let's uh, find out from someone who knows all about the gaming community, that whole ecosystem behind it, as well as the IP aspects. On the line with us is Charlie Bailey, who's Chief Strategy Officer of Ampverse. Charlie, good evening. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on board, Charlie. Now, first things first, congrats on the Asian Games bow. We understand Ampverse had sent a contingent of athletes. How did they fare? We did indeed, yes. It was very exciting for us. We uh, we sent representatives from one of our professional esports teams, Bacon Time, uh, which is one of the Thai teams um, uh, within our portfolio. They're a, a very well-known brand in, in Thailand with a, a, a great track record. And, um, yeah, we we're very proud of the team. They, uh, they went on to take a bronze medal um, by defeating uh, Vietnam uh, in the final game. So it was a great result. We we're very proud of the team. Uh, and, and I'm sure you are when you consider the growth of eSports in some countries when they say X Games, it's no longer extreme games, but X Games in the eSports front. Um, and it's created jobs even in financial planners for these eSports athletes. Could you give us some context on how much economically the sport has grown? Yeah, we've seen um, we've seen great growth in recent years. You know, if you look back in 2020, the revenue was uh, was about a billion dollars for the esports uh, industry, um, and that's projected to reach 1.8 billion plus by 2025. So, um, yeah, the, the the market is growing steadily um, in terms of revenue and and also in terms of the engagement and the communities. Um, it's it's early stages, but um, we're seeing some great growth. Now, Charlie, growth is always a good thing, not just in terms of sponsors, but gamers as well. But with the increase in sponsorship, is there almost more pressure on the athletes to perform? Yes, for sure. There's, there's always pressure. You know, I think when, uh, you know, with any commercial sport, um, that, that means there's more requirements off the pitch, so to speak. You know, whether it be promoting commercial partnership, um, PR appearances, social media content, etc., so, you know, all of these factors make it more challenging for professional players when juggling their schedules so that they can maintain a great performance, you know, on the pitch, so to speak, whilst also delivering, you know, for their commercial partners. Uh, how, how could you dive deeper a little bit in terms of delivering for commercial partners? Because uh, when I went back to school, I had a classmate who was about 20 years younger than me and she was uh, an esports gamer. She had to do these social media posts as well. So, so they have to be content creators as well? Yeah, well, if you think about traditional sports athletes, you know, whether it be across football, cricket, etc., 
you know, the, the, the professional players that, that we know, um, the likes of Messi or Ronaldo in the mm. football sense, you know, they're, they're brands on themselves. They are, you know, producing content, working with commercial partners. And, and esports is no, no different. So, you know, when, when we, from an Ampers perspective, work with commercial partners such as KFC or Samsung or, or brands like FWD Insurance in, in Singapore, um, that requires the teams and, and, and the players around them um, producing content, you know, integrating you know, our commercial partners into their social content, whether it be across platforms like YouTube, Facebook, whether it be across live streaming platforms like Twitch. Um, yeah, they have to, you know, incorporate that as part of their schedule and as part of the content they produce on any given week. I apologize if this intrudes a bit into numbers, but uh, Charlie, could you give me a sense? Like, if let's say I'm a professional gamer and a chair, one of these gaming chairs, what kind of pressure is involved in terms of dollars and cents? Like, uh, like how much would one of these so-called sponsored posts be worth? Uh, well, it, it does really um, vary, uh, as you can imagine, according to the team or, or the players themselves. But you know, to give you an idea, you know, typically on any on any commercial partnership from a between a brand and the esports mm. team, you know, we're talking, um, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, you know, over the course of um, let's say six to twelve months, wow. you know, and that can and that can scale up. Wow. So um, you know, these are commercialized um, in the in the same way that traditional sports. Yeah. We don't have the same level of broadcast revenue yet that you True. get from traditional sports, although that will likely come. But brands are certainly coming in because you know ultimately they want to connect with the next generation of consumers you know, Gen Z, Gen Y, et cetera. And, and, and gaming is a, a very effective way to do that. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Elliot looks don't, be, don't be scared. Don't be scared. It could be, it could, it could be a new career for you. <laughs> now, Charlie, thank you for being so honest with that answer, right? It really sets the tone and gives us the perspective in terms of the pressure. And I understand as Chief Strategy Officer, obviously you're looking at numbers as well, but it's the athletes' mental health that we want to talk about. How do you juggle both in terms of keeping them on side mentally, but also raking in the revenue? Yeah, it's a very, it's a very good question and a very important topic, as you rightly point out. You know, I think the same with traditional sports. It's no different with esports, right? You have players, and often these players are are, are young, and and they have to deal with the the pressure of um, you know performing, um, of consistently you know winning. But also juggling that with the other other demands that we've we've touched on already on this call. So from an Ambus perspective, we really work um, hard to make sure we're providing the support to our players, and that can come in the form of of, of having regular sports psychiatrists um, sessions with our players, and when they can digest, um, you know, how they've dealt with pressure, um, and making sure they have the tools to deal with those sort of circumstances. Um, aside from that, we, we also just generally um, encourage and, and provide support to ensure that our players have uh, both a, a healthy lifestyle, um, uh, which in turn, is, as we all know, helps uh, a healthy mental well-being. So that provide, means giving gym access. That means ensuring that they have uh, private chefs so that they can eat well. You know, all of these factors, we try and provide the support to ensure that their um, mental well-being is, is, is well thought through. Now, Charlie, uh, as a disclaimer, I know you're not uh, a psychologist, uh, so I just put that out there. But wouldn't it be harder, or am I assuming because first that the, the gamers have to be communicating, and are we assuming that just because you're an esports gamer, you're at home all the time? So if I don't see you, how will I know? I need to check in with you. 
Well, in in in, tr- in professionally sports, that's not so much the case. Okay. I mean, in the case of how how we work with um with our esports players, they actually live in gaming houses together, um, and they live and they train. Um, and that's where we have um, all of these uh, set up, including the sports psychiatrist session. Lovely. So it does mean they have that proximity together, that they can build those relationships, um, those friendships, both on and off the pitch, so to speak. Hmm. Um, but yeah, for, for lots of other aspiring gamers who aren't necessarily in that, in that kind of professional setup, hmm. um, but are aspiring to be a professional, then, you know, the, the challenges that you're alluding to is, is certainly, you know, um, the case. That's fascinating. So accommodation is covered. You have a private chef and I'm gaming. Where can I sign up? Well, I need to, I need to test you out first. We need to get our, our team to, to test your skills. I can't make any promises. But um, yeah, let, let's see. At, at least might, I have a foot in the door. <laughs> now, Charlie, uh, we are obviously commemorating World Health Day and you talk about the efforts being taken to safeguard these athletes. Has Antlers done anything special in the past week? Well, we really, um, you know, we think of, of our, our players in a mental health and well-being as a, as a all-round year initiative. Mm. Obviously, you know, the, yesterday was a, you know, a very important day and a milestone that, you know, it, it puts this important topic front of mind. But for us, you know, we, we try and implement this, you know, in terms of the daily um, or certainly weekly schedules, you know, uh, some of the points I've already mentioned. Um, aside from that, we also just work with our players to make sure that they they just have more of a, a balanced and regulated schedule, you know, balancing their screen time, making sure they have plenty of time in terms of doing leisure and, and uh, physical sports outside of esports, um, so that their both physical and mental well-being are always front of mind. So for us, it's it's an always-on, you know, um, consideration. But we're very supportive of, of yesterday's events and, and think it's a great topic. Russia and myself have been on a quest to debunk um, certain things about sports. For example, uh, professional fighters, you know, they do suffer from mental health issues. Professional footballers, they do suffer from mental health issues. Let's debunk esports athletes. It's more than just fun and games, isn't it? How can an esports athlete crumble? Have you seen spiral cases and how have you dealt with them? Um, I mean, we've seen certainly seen cases where 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 players are are burnt out, you know, mm. um, you know, as with any sport, right? It, it it takes a toll on you, you know, if you're competing and there's pressure to compete at the highest level. You know, we talked about some of the the, the dollars from a from a, a sponsorship perspective, but when it comes to the largest global esports um, leagues and, and events, you know, prize money could be in the millions of dollars, if not the tens of millions of dollars. So there's a there's a lot there's a lot of um, uh, risk, so to speak, there, and with that, obviously, that comes pressure. So we do see instances where you know players are, are burnt out or worn out, um, and and that's our job to to make sure that we can give them the the, the breathing space um, and the support so that they can you know um, get themselves back back on track, so to speak. Brilliant, Charlie. Uh, just a final question. It's a bit of an education type question. Uh, let's look at things on the balance scale. You've described how much organizations have done to ensure the mental health of these esports athletes um, is the public side of things being ignored can we do more to help i think we can we can always do more i don't think this is a topic that you can ever do enough on mm. um, and you know um, you know particularly with you know coming out of the uh, of covid you know it's a topic that we know has, has been a real issue for many people so i think any instance where we have the opportunity to raise the profile through through events 
through PR initiatives, then then doesn't matter what sector you operate in, it should be something that you embrace and, and support. So for sure, I believe that. Well, you've got our vote on that, and we'll definitely do more as members of the public. We've been speaking with Charlie Bailey, who's Chief Strategy Officer of Ampverse. Charlie, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great evening ahead. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sports Minutes on Money FM 89.3.